no intro music how crazy what a crazy week we're living in what a crazy world we live in i went to press intro music and it didn't even work things are going wrong here over the franchise tag podcast but they're not going wrong in the world of nfl what a, what a weird opening to one of our last probably our last main show before the super bowl welcome i'm freddie hall your host joined by the, the whole gang other than Johnny, who's out in Austria having a lovely time from Luxvik on his social media, Adam Martin, Andrew Manning, Gareth Smith, Sky Lawrence Pank, all here. All of us here to talk about one event and one event only. And no, it's not Rihanna at the halftime show. It is the Super Bowl, Kansas City Chiefs <laughs> against I'm the going. Philadelphia Eagles. You're going, you're not talking about Rihanna? No, make sure Rihanna at all. Umbrella. That's, I was ready. Yeah. Got, That's all I'm here for. It would have been the first franchise tag a cappella umbrella that ever happened on here. <laughs> well, if it isn't us what we're singing at umbrella that you want to watch, you can watch all of this on the franchise tag because we had loads of stuff coming out recently. We've got a lovely interview, Hannah Wilkes, that came out the other day with Gareth and Johnny. We've got lots of stuff with XFL players that Gareth has been doing. We'll talk more about that during the show, about what uh, we are doing as the Franchise Tag Podcast and more stuff that is going forward. But it is Super Bowl week. We are only days away, minutes, hours away, till we go to Phoenix, Arizona. The Arizona Cardinals Stadium, State Farm Stadium. I believe it's State Farm Stadium. Um, but we will be seeing the showdown between two of the very, very good franchises they have been this year. The Kansas City Chiefs who have just been remarkable. Patrick Mahomes once again lighting up this league, leading probably some of the discussion in the MVP votes. And then we have the Philadelphia Eagles, such a dominant defence, most sacks since the 85 Bears, a formidable team. Both teams very, very good indeed. I'm going to go to Gareth to begin with because he's a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Are the nerves setting in yet, Gareth? We were chatting beforehand about the Mahomes factor, but the Eagles, you've had such a strong season. There was a little hiccup towards the end with the injury to Jalen Hurts, which lost you a couple of games, I suppose, but you've got to be feeling confident heading into Sunday, right? I am. I'm a lot more confident I've ever been going into a Super Bowl. Like, it's because we're not going up against Brady and the Pats like the last two times we were there. <laughs> I don't get me wrong. I know Mahomes and the Chiefs have an air about it, but they don't have the dynasty feel to a Brady and Patriots team. We are, I think, still the favourites for it. And I do think across the board, we are probably the better team. I think the only, as you mentioned, the main factor is it's that man, Patrick Mahomes. What can he do while running around like a headless chicken being chased around by our defence but still cause absolute chaos? It, it is a nervy thing, but I'm quite confident. And Adam, I suppose I'm gonna, you're going to be the guy who's going to stand up for the Kansas City Chiefs, even though you've been a, an honorary Philadelphia Eagle all year, it seems as you know. You are a Green Bay Packer fan, but... When that other green team comes out, you tend to get a bit of a, an, an Eagles favouritism within you. But I'm going to put the Kansas City Chiefs on you. The Mahomes factor is definitely still there with the Kansas City Chiefs. We've seen that all this year. They've got their team pretty much for us. I believe Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is back. However, McCall Hardman has gone on to IR. They're a team on a roll. Maybe not with the team of stars that the Eagles have got at the minute. But the Kansas City Chiefs have been here before. They've been in these big games. And they've found a way to win a lot of these big games. Yeah, um, it's not going to happen. You do genuinely want me to kind of create a case for them. Uh, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're good. You're just, like, you're just like the intro music. You're backfiring on me. All of this is going so horrendously. I wrong. thought I was supposed <laughs> to be the really biased one for I'm, the Eagles. I've been more positive than Adam was about so the Chiefs. I'm, I, I find it, I find it difficult to get away from the Eagles. 
on this particular one. Um, to be brutally honest, I kind of I'm I'm finding it a bit difficult to kind of get into this game as a game. I don't think it's going to be as spectacular as what everyone thinks it's going to be. I think the Bengals not being there is a massive letdown for, uh, well, I think me and Andrew especially uh, <laughs> were kind of hoping that they would get through. Um, yeah, I, I think that the problem with the, for me, the problem for the Chiefs is, as Gareth said, it's all on one guy and it, it's only going to last for so long. Eventually it will, it will struggle and he won't be able to do everything and he'll come up against that one team and I just think that the Eagles are a really strong solid team that I've said from day one and it's yeah I I, I don't see much else happening to be honest sorry (laughs) Sky someone's got to be flying the Chiefs Kingdom flag here I mean most of your picks have gone the right way you've been definitely a pillar for some teams to be in there on a good run. Are you not back in the Chiefs this time either? I never thought I'd fly the flag for them, but maybe now Tom Brady's retired, I'll have to do so. I have to say mm-hmm. that the Chiefs this season and Mahomes, he probably has to be one of the best quarterbacks we've seen in terms of making people in that offense better around him. I think everybody was predicting they would fail without Tyreek Hill. Of course, not to the point of missing the playoffs, but the fact that they made the Super Bowl this season is a massive achievement. Um, led the NFL in yards per um, attempt with passing. But then again, the Eagles, I think, have led the league in, you know, giving up the fewest yardage with the pass. So it is a coin toss. I just hope it's not like when they lost to Tampa, what was it, like 31-9? Because obviously this Eagles Mm -hmm. defence is capable of doing that to them. Um, But I think they have a chance, you know, like we've all said, they've got Mahomes. um, And one of the things that I know, I think this is a big thing for the Chiefs, and I was reading about earlier, is that the Chiefs are first in a league in terms of pressing, like uh, at the point of snap. And I think if they can do that, the Eagles need to use a lot more RPOs. Um, They'll have to get motion going to get AJ Brown and Smith, you know, involved. So if the defense stays aggressive and they can create some opportunities, then maybe there's a chance. I tried my best to fly the flag for them. I tried. Well, that's okay, because I know I'm going to go to Andrew and I know he's going to be waving a Philadelphia Eagles for his NFC East rivals. And it might be one of the only nights you do it, Andrew, but I feel like you're confidently back in the Eagles in this fight. No part of me is ever going to say the words, I'm backing the Eagles. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to come to me to say, uh, counter arguments to support the Chiefs, because I will be supporting the Chiefs just for the sheer fact I cannot support the Eagles in winning anything. It's not in my nature. I cannot do it. And when it comes to a Super Bowl, which is what it is, and it's a one-off game, all the season's out the window. If I said to you, the best quarterback in the league with one of the best, well, the best tight end in the league, that's got some really good defenders and the best coach in the league, you'd be saying, oh, the Patriots made it again. They'll win it easy. But no, it's the Chiefs. It's exactly the same storyline. They're set up the same way. Plethora of really average wide receivers, one excellent tight end and the best quarterback and the best head coach going at the minute. So why not Chiefs to win it in the Super Bowl? That's what wins it. That certainly is what wins it. And uh, I mean, we'll probably talk about scores and who we think will win, even though you've probably gauged a little bit of who we think will win anyway. But let's maybe just talk more about the journey. So um, I'll go to Scar on this. I mean, 
it, like we've talked about with the Kansas City Chiefs already, it was not a surprise. It's not a surprise today that they are in the Super Bowl. There was a lot of hype for them before the season that they would make back to the Super Bowl. You touched on it a little bit, but Tyreek Hill going, not really replacing him, bringing in quite a plethora of talent to try and replace him in Juju Smith-Schuster, MVS, uh, drafting Sky Moore. They, they tried to plug up the hole and they and they had that O-line that they rebuilt again after it really failed on the homes in the last, in the last Super Bowl they were in. Um, how impressive have they been this year? I mean, they're fourteen and three. Both teams in this contest are fourteen and three. Um, how impressive has Mahomes and this Kansas City Chiefs team, in totality, been uh, been to you? I think they've been super, super impressive, and the way the offense has developed <laughs> um, throughout the season. I touched upon it, but getting Isaiah Pacheco involved more. Um, you know, he had a good game last week, was involved a lot more in the passing game. We saw McKinnon, he come out of nowhere. Remember Adam mentioning that, that he, you know, has been really, really good. And I mean, look at even uh, the game against the Bengals, like you said, people going down and then uh, MVS turning up and having a big game. Um, so I think just throughout the whole season, I'd say they're the more battle-hardened team. People have touched upon the Eagles having an easier schedule. You know, there's been weeks in terms of where, like, um, the commanders, the first loss the Eagles had, they put 30-plus points up on them. Even Aaron Rodgers and a stuttering Packers offense managed to put a lot of points up on them. I think the Cowboys did 40, and I think they've gone through stretches of the Eagles being dominant for four or five games, and they actually come up against a good team. And maybe they've just been a little bit, not complacent, but with how impressive the Chiefs have been and having sort of two tougher playoff games. Yeah, I think both teams with the same record, but... I would argue the Chiefs are the more battle-hardened and come into this one with, uh, if it's a close game, probably a better chance of seeing it out. And, Andrew, I mean, the, the, the Kansas City Chiefs have only, like I said, lost three games this year. Lost the Indianapolis Colts, the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals in the regular season, sweeping the Jacks 27-20 in the divisional round, beating the Bengals closely 23-20 in the AFC Championship. What is the key to this team outside of Pat Mahomes obviously being on his day, but what is the key to this team to, to, to win them these big games and um, and to put themselves in a position where they can really cause Philadelphia problems? Uh, I think the key is going to be down to those rookies they've got in the secondary of whether they can step it up again like they did in the previous game. It's, you know, it's the big stage now um, and there's going to be a lot of nerves on them. They've not been there before. It's nothing like they've experienced. I know... Uh, Cook, McDuffie, and Watson all in the secondary for the Chiefs. Um, they've they've got to they've got to step up. They did last round, and it really showed. And it's where their weakness has been all year. Because uh, I don't see any weaknesses anywhere else. You've got the big names up front with Chris Jones and Frank Clark, who uh, are, are going to be putting the pressure on. We know that, and we've already mentioned the offense and what they've got going. Mahomes will get the best out of all those average receivers. <laughs> Uh, and it's nice that they've got um, a bit more in the run game with 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 the guys they've got going. So I think it's a, if the secondary steps up, they've got a really good shot at this. And do you agree, Adam, that the, the secondary stepping up? I mean, it's the one thing when we talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. Simultaneously, when we talk about a lot of teams, we say one thing. We you know we say next to it the other thing. You know, Steelers good edge rushers. Um, Packers, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Buccaneers, Tom Brady, um, you know, Raiders this year, the, Josh Jacobs. And we, uh, we have a simultaneous thing going on. When we talk about the Kansas City Chiefs, it is just Pat Mahomes. We don't really talk about their defence. And like Sky was saying, that they're one of the top teams in pressures on the quarterback. Frank Clark, Chris Jones have been fantastic this year. I mean, even um, the the edge rusher, they drafted George Karloff. George Karloff, this has not really been talked about. He's been very good. The secondary has been pretty decent. A lot of people thought when Tyron Matthew left that that was going to be a big problem for them. 
and, and yet they still perform? Or do you think it's a case of, no, we just score more points than you? I think that's, that is a very big factor to it. It is just we score more points than you. I mean, the one thing that we always came out and said all the way through the season, you know, they are ranked the worst when it comes to giving up passing touchdowns, not because the defence is appallingly bad, just because the other team has to throw the ball more and has to get mm. quicker scores in order to get more points in order to keep up with the Chiefs. It, that is how it's been throughout most of the season. Now, that will get you so far, and it's obviously got them to a Super Bowl, but whether that will actually get them to be able to beat against a team that is a, a kind of quite an all-round very good team that has been created, then that's going to be very, very difficult for them. That sort of the, the corners, as Andrew said, they're the ones that need to be have been tested the most. They've struggled the most throughout the season. They will, they did well against the Bengals. You know, they they did put up a good performance against the Bengals, but it's you know the first time in a long time that they've put up a good performance. Whether they will be able to do that again, I I don't know because you're going up against. The, the problem is, is their defense is incredibly good against the run and very bad against the pass. And that's where the mm. problem comes in. So it's a matter of being able to stop both because with this particular Eagles offense, you've got the rushing from people like Sanders, but you've also got Hertz as well. You see, this is the slightly different Burrow, not so much of a rushing quarterback. I know he does, but nothing like what Hertz does. So this is going to be where it's a little bit different same time if you stop him running he's more than capable of passing it to many many different receivers with goddard aj brown you know smith as well it's going to be tough it, it, it's a really difficult one to be able to sort of like stop all avenues and i think that's the biggest problem that they've got when we look around at the league gareth in terms of connections joe burrow jamar chase josh allen stefan diggs Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, is that the best combination of, of offense attacking threat in the league? Because for the last five years, them well, last four years, really, them two have just dominated. Andrew has said it before about why why is Kelsey not lauded as much in this league as being an, one of the best offensive weapons in this league when he breaks receiving stats, he breaks receiving touchdown stats every year for tight ends. And yet we forget about him because he's not just in Jefferson or Stephon Diggs or Jamar Chase. But this combination has has won them countless games in the past, and it's probably one of the most reliable. Do you think it is the best offensive combination in the NFL? Well, as mentioned earlier, wasn't it? There was the combination of Gronk and Brady. It's mm. very similar to that. It literally is. It's particularly when they get to the red zone, you literally know that you know it's going to go to him, and yet you still can't stop it. Um, when you've got someone who is as big as him, but also with as good of hands as him, strength, everything there, he, he can be borderline impossible to stop. But I think that he, I think that he, them two are the key for them to get anything from this game. I think mm -hmm. that, as you say, they are the, right now the best combo in the NFL. And I think it's because they are a combo, whereas they're up against an Eagle side that don't need to have a combo because they've got everything else they have aj brown smith goddard you don't know which one's going to get it um so i think that they are the best 
but they will need to be that good to win on Sunday. And uh, Andrew mentioned it really at the, at the top of the show, and I will go to back to you, Andy, is that a fellow Andrew, and I presume a fellow Andrew, I presume he's christened Andrew, but Andy, Andy Reid specifically, you said best coach in the NFL at the minute and, and maybe has been for a moment. How, how much do you think his influence on this team you know, enables them to be able to go to the big stage most year? Because they're in the conversation every year. And for someone who... There's a lot of older coaches around the league who it feels like it's slowing down. Then we had the Sean McVay revolution where it was every young, innovative coach and now the Carl Shanahan sort of innovation, I suppose, as well. Every young coach is getting hired and and everyone wants that. And yet it's it's one of the older guys in the league that is, is running one of the most successful teams in the NFL at the minute. How, how much do you think he, it is him that stems this winning mentality? I think uh, when it comes to the playoffs, it is uh, a lot down to the head coach. I think um, that really matters. I think when me and Adam were talking about the playoffs and we were talking about who would win and it was a coin toss between some of the teams, we tended to steer towards the, the team that had the, the head coach with more experience within the playoffs. Because I think that there, there's an element, we saw it um, uh, in, in the Super Bowl, it's, it's almost a game of chess. Uh, the Super Bowl can be when it comes to tactics and, and strategy and, and uh, play at the game clock and all of that. And we've seen a lot of the young coaches that have had amazing seasons get to the playoffs and they're one and done or so close but not there. Uh, but Andy Reid seems to know how to get it done, what to do, what to call. Uh, and I think when you're a young player, like I said, they've got a lot of rookies, when they come to the sideline or they're in the locker room um, and he's got a, he's going to have a story and an experience and a, something to say that is from him being there and done it. And it's going to inspire them to, to get more out of them. Whereas if you're a new coach to it and you've only been there once, this, maybe this is your second time, you might not have the words because your adrenaline's going with them. Where he's going to be cool, calm, I've been here. Don't you worry, guys. I've got this. I think that pays a lot uh, when you're going into big games such as the Super Bowl. And what's and what's quite clear, Sky, is that Andy Reid really allows Pat Mahomes to be Pat Mahomes, doesn't he? He really gives him that creative freedom, which I think a lot of quarterbacks maybe don't feel like they have around around the league. Do you think that this Pat Mahomes Andy Reid combination but Pat Mahomes maybe would be at the heights that he is at if it wasn't for Andy Reid doing this alongside him and, and enabling him to be able to be the quarterback that we know and love today. He definitely needs Andy Reid. Um, I think Andy Reid's learned from not his mistakes, but, you know, his early years in the Eagles, he was almost questioned all the time of, is he a head coach who could get it done? He had the Patriots, um, so they lost to the Patriots in that Super Bowl, um, obviously in like the early 2000s. And then there was a lot of, you know, eight and eight seasons where they couldn't get it done once they got there. But I think now he's been in the league for so long, he just has the advantage as Andy touched upon, you know, coaches get to that point where they've they've seen multiple things. They know what's coming. And in a chess match, that's so important. So, um, yeah, I think it's just one of those combinations where, not that it's luck, but sometimes things are meant to be. Brady and Belichick was meant to be. Uh, Dungy and Peyton Manning was. And I think Mahomes and Andy Reid is the perfect combination. They bring the best out of each other. And um, I think as Andy Reid's grown as a head coach, it's allowed him to be more expansive in his play calling. But like you said, also let Mahomes do what he does best as well. 
Right, I know Gareth's itching for us to move on to his team, the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, we'll come to you in a moment, Gareth, so you can tell us all about how you guys are going to win the Super Bowl. I'm going to go to Adam to begin with. The Eagles this year, really been a, a revelation. Uh, it, it, it feels, obviously, it wasn't that long ago, but they won the Super Bowl, and it was in such extraordinary circumstances, beating the Patriots with, with the Philly Philly special, with Nick Foles coming in for Carson Wentz. It was so, it was so poetry in motion. It was so crazy. Whereas this year, it's... This team has been a really good, solid team on all levels of play. The quarterback's been great. The O-line's been fantastic, if not best in the league. Receives have been dominant. And then defensively as well, that defensive line has just been an absolute stud. All of them have been incredible. Like I said earlier at the, at the top of the show, more sacks, combined sacks than the 85 Bears, who have, as we know today, are one of the best defences ever. The secondary has been so phenomenal. It, I, I know you said at the start of the year, the Eagles could go to Super Bowl. Why did you think that when you saw this team? And how did you sort of know? I, I suppose I say no, you threw a dart at the wall, maybe. But, but wow, how did you wow, wow. <laughs> how, how did you know this team would garner this success? Um, I think predominantly from the acquisitions that they made in the offseason, that was what it was. I mean, the, the biggest one that I felt that would make the most difference was Hassan Riddick. I just felt that Riddick was was the one that would make the difference. I remember um, a couple of years, it was either a couple of years or the year before, I did a um, preview for a website and it just happened to be that Hassan Riddick was a free agent and he went to Arizona. <clears throat> and I, I, you just kind of felt like he's someone who every year was getting like double digit sacks. You know, if you actually look at his stats, it was crazy. And then they just went in and bought that guy. And then they trade for AJ Brown on on draft night. And you know, I I, I feel like not that you have to have two high quality wide receivers, but I think it makes a big difference. You know, you see with you know Burrow's got Higgins and Chase. Now with with Mahomes, he he has Kelsey. That's all he has when it comes to like high quality wide receivers. I think that's something you're going to start seeing more and more. You're going to need that. And I feel like bringing in someone like AJ Brown, it, it's weird. It's kind of almost made Devonta Smith seem like he's not that good. When Devonta Smith is that good, you know, he is an, an unbelievable talent. The only difference is, is that now he's got someone next to him who's also an unbelievable talent. And that's the difference. So I think just generally doing that sort of thing, bringing in players who are proven already and are able to deal with the pressure of it and, and know what they're doing. And and then going into the draft and bringing in people like Jordan Davis, who I know we all come out and go, he's the heir apparent to Fletcher Cox, but he's pretty good now as well, <laughs> sort of thing. And it's like, it, this is this is what it is. So, you know, you're, you're getting them corners. You're getting like Bradbury coming in. And stuff like that. It, it's it's just really, really good talent coming across the whole board, across everywhere. And it just felt like that was what they were doing. And you've got to remember, the year before, it's not like they were mega far off from winning that division either. So it kind of felt like if you then throw all of them players into it as well and improve in pretty much every area, it's, it's only going to go one way. And... Um, you know, obviously they've, they've managed to do it and it's all worked out. But I do feel an awful lot of it is Howie Roseman and 
what he did before the season even started. I, I remember the Bradbury move happening and being really like, wow, that is a that's a strong move to make. I really rated yeah. him in the New York Giants. Giants obviously had to cut him because of, of cap casualty, unfortunately. But yeah, it, it's, it's such a fantastic call and all the moves they made. I mean, we were all just a shock to see AJ Brown get traded away um, on draft night. I mean, and, and Hassan Reddick at Carolina was brilliant and we were quite shocked that Carolina wouldn't try and keep hold of him. Um, Gareth, what has been the key to your success this year then? Because some people might say strength of schedule, I was one who said about your health. If you kept fit all year, because it's something that you've suffered with every year, is not all keeping healthy or your key players. What do you think has been the key to the success this year? Howie Roseman. Simple <laughs> as that. He is without doubt one of the best GMs in the NFL by a country mile. When you consider the fact that, as you say, we got AJ Brown, which was going to cha- change the team overnight. You also, we fleeced the Saints for Gardner Johnston as well. The Halfway through the season, our run defence was looking great because, um, as you mentioned, um, Davis was out injured at the time. So he brings in Dominic and Sue and Josephs in hmm. to literally shore up that run defence. Every time there's been anything that the Eagles remotely need to improve on, he's gone, OK, I'll get that now. Like, he just isn't a magician. Um, like, I know there's a few years where he literally, fans were on his back, don't get me wrong, I think choosing Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson, you can look back and say that might have been a mistake by him. Might, um, might, might have been, might have been. <laughs> <laughs> you know, slight mistake by him. Um, you know, we'll let him right. off that one. Nothing, uh, nothing, nothing another Super Bowl can't make you forget. Exactly. Um, but him... What he's built with this roster, I think, I, I can't remember who it was, was on Good Morning Football, said you could put me in charge of that team and I would win, get to the Super Bowl because just how good of He was an ex-Giants member, rightly, as well. He was being quite bitter about the fact that the Eagles smashed the Giants. Um, but as he said, that it's just a superstar team. Every position is elite. You look at the, the corners, elite. You look at the D-line, even... Even right down to the linebackers, the even when you got players go out like CJ, T Gardner Johnson goes out, you then bring him an undrafted free agent in Blankenship who has a great run of form. And then mm. you look at the offense, the offensive line is without doubt the best in football. Uh, the, the fact that pretty much all of them were Pro Bowl selected this year, the you've also got the likes of the running backs, which Sanders last year, I think, got only like, was it two or three touchdowns last year when majority hardly getting anything? 11 this year he's got. Um, but it's not just him. You've got Gainwell getting loads. You've got Boston Scott whenever he plays the Giants will score. Um, it just seems to be that they've assembled this roster that is just elite everywhere. And that comes from a quality GM finding the right players at the right price point. Um Howie Roseman, if he wins a second Super Bowl, he deserves a trophy, sta- uh, a, a statue outside of the link for this <laughs> season. Um, to build two potential um, Super Bowl winning rosters in five years. And it's not like it's the same roster either. When you look at the team that won it against the Patriots, how many of those players are still on the Eagles roster? Not many. Not that many. It's an incredible to go from one Super Bowl winning team five years later, potentially have another with a complete different roster and different coaching staff and everything. 
that man is a genius. I probably I have to ask you, Andrew, a question that you probably don't want to really answer, I suppose. When Gareth talks about the depth of, of this squad and how, how good it is and how, how young it is in certain positions as well. I know the O-line's very good, but it, it is a bit older. Do you think the success of this team is is continual with Roseman's work and, and the players they're bringing in? And or do you think that this can carry on for quite a long time? Which I know, again, you probably want to say no, <laughs> given that you're a divisional rival, but on a neutral basis. Uh, on a neutral basis, um, I've got to agree. Harry Roseman, I, I know when we did the honours show and we talked about awards, I said, could we give Harry Roseman coach of the year? Um, <laughs> just because, it, for me, it, it is his team. I think uh, it's been flying around social media uh, a lot this week that the whole offence was drafted bar one player, which is AJ Brown. The rest of the whole of the starting offense for the Eagles was drafted. Um, so that, that's just absolutely unbelievable. He's done an absolutely fantastic job. Um, and I would like to touch on the comment that was made by Julian Love on Good Morning Football. He, was, he, he, he slammed the head coach, really. He just said, I don't think Nick Sirianni's that good. I think the team has carried him to a Super Bowl, not him coach them to a Super Bowl. Uh, and I think that just also reiterates that it, how he, how he Roseman is, is his team in it. And it should say strong. They they nail their, their draft picks, as I've just said. It's, it's there in writing. You can go and look at it. And there's no reason why they can't continue that um, every year when we talk about the draft or off-season, we're talking about how well the Eagles did. So that's going to continue to happen. We've just got to close the gap. That's all we can do, close the gap, because I don't see them dropping off. The only thing I could possibly say as a negative of a drop-off is we've seen a lot of new things from the Eagles this year that other teams aren't doing. Um, so that reminds me a little bit of when the Ravens were doing their own thing and people worked it out a little bit and caught up to them. So unless that happens, uh, but like Adam says, they've got the weapons on wide receiver if it's not working in the run game. So um, that's the only negative I can see. If if we if they can continue to do the same new things that the Eagles do in, will coaches watch all their tape? In the offseason, we're going to be watching their tape. We're going to be looking at what they're doing. We're going to be copying what they're doing. So will we get savvy to it and catch them up that way? Maybe. But till that happens, the way they play football is 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 the Eagles' way. So um, yeah, it, it, commend them for for what they've done. It's even when you look at it though, they've even got players that are just sitting there that are learning this year. You've got Jurgens, who is the heir apparent to um, Kelsey. You've got Dean, who is going to be, I think, is going to be a hell of a player for us as well. You've got literally players like that who are just sitting there ready to go that are the heir apparents to other parts. I've already talked about Jordan Davis being the Fletcher Cox heir apparent. You've got potentially Kelsey's heir there. You've got it's even the only one where I think we need to probably look at is who's going to be Lane Johnson's long-term successor. But they've got, literally got all the bases covered for now and the future. It's just incredible. But the fact you drafted Jordan Mylita quite low and people were, it's, you know, again, an international player, path, international pathway player as well. So not always on everyone's radar and you went and, and snagged in really easily. You could definitely look at replacing Lane Johnson further in the off season. Um, Sky, we'll touch on what Andrew was sort of mentioning with Nick Sirianni, because he has been 
a contentious coach at times this year. He's passionate for certain and he's outspoken and he's outspoken, much like the people of Philadelphia, which is why I think they love him. And sometimes I do always think that sometimes it works when the coach is like the place, you know, when they have that same mentality and the same vibe, you know, they know how much it means to that city. Now, I'm sure every coach does, but you don't always get the personality to fit in with the trait of the city. Do, do you think Sirianni has influenced his team this much or, much, or do you think Julian Love has, has a bit of a point? Um, or, or, or what are your, what do you gauge from Nick Sirianni this year? I think it's tough to gauge because we've all touched upon how impressive they are. Probably have the best yeah. O-line, best D-line, best secondary. And obviously you don't want to take things away from the head coach, but when they haven't been in many close games where you can say, oh, you know, there was a particular fourth or third down call or a particular drive and you can mm -hmm. highlight key points where a head coach has made the impact, it's tough to say. And I think as much as, yeah, he definitely strikes me as a coach who bodes well and fits in well with Eagles fans, but sports fans are fickle. I mean, he could win this Super Bowl and then if they have one losing season, he's gone and they've still got a high-caliber roster to get another head coach in and they're in contention again. So I don't want to take things away from him, but I just think, you know, we all spoke about um, the pass rush. I know I said last week they got four players who had over 10 sacks, um, which is why Hassan Reddick's probably not in the Defensive Player of the Year conversation. I remember Andy asking me about that. Um, you know, the run game, we talk about people like who would have thought that, like, I know Boston Scott only turns up against the Giants, but even him, Gamewell, Sanders... I saw something where they're 14-0 this season in games where they've rushed for over 100 yards. I mean, if that is a stat in itself, you don't want to take things away from the coaches. But, you know, that's it, they just all speaks to the talent of the roster more so than I would say the coaching. Yes, there's a certain uh, head coach in Florida who could probably testify to being heralded by the Eagles fans and then dropping back down to it very quickly. Who has a certain long-haired quarterback I think him and him and uh, Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence maybe a good combo for a very long time as well. Um, I, I, Adam, I'll go, I'll go to you um, with sort of maybe final thoughts towards the game now. What do the Chiefs have to do in this game to beat the Philadelphia Eagles? I, I think they they need to somehow control the ball and stop. Jalen Hurts from getting on the field. That That's really what it is. I think if you can do that, then obviously you will limit the amount of points they can score. I think it, it is very much that simple. I, I think when you look at it, you, you sort of, you try and find the weakness in any matchup. And on the Eagles side, it's very, very difficult. On the Chiefs side, I find, I look at the corners, you know, that's what I look at. And that's where I sort of think, oh, well, I've found the weakness. And that's the problem. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it is very, very tough for them, but it is going to be trying to limit how much possession they have in, in the same way with, I think, any game. That That's kind of what you have to do. You just have to, try and limit the possession and try and get your run game going. I think that's the biggest thing that they can do. Pacheco and McKinnon, get them going. Because you you can run against the Eagles. They that that is if if there is a weakness, that is their weakness, but it isn't much of a weakness. Um but you can run a little bit and that's probably what they're gonna have to do. And, and try and do that as much as they can. But it's going to be very, very tough. And and like I say, you, you've just got to limit the amount of time that Hurts is on the field. 
so more clock, clock management really is what yeah. the Kansas City Chiefs <laughs> do. And I'll, I'll, I'll throw the same exact question to Andrew. Um, I think, well, uh, we've, we've, we know my comments of uh, what they've got to do. I mean, I, I opened the show with that. I, I'm going to throw this out. I've got a question uh, for Adam, just so I can get it in there before we go away. Adam, who do you think is going to be the MVP? Obviously, you're the, the gambler of, of the, our league. You give all the advice. Uh, throw one out. Who do you think has got the best chance of getting the MVP in this game? Will it be a quarterback or could it go somewhere else? Uh, it, it when doesn't it go to a quarterback unless when it's Aaron Donald? I think uh, he, he got it. Okay, um, um, I, I, I think well, uh, didn't didn't Von Miller win it the year? The I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Hassan Reddick. Hassan Reddick. I, I think. Man. I think it, it always. Yeah, you get a few, but as Sky said, it's the whole. It's the whole lot, isn't it? Together, that's the problem for the Eagles. It's not just the one guy and. So I think you're looking at an offense. I I think it'll be spread around a lot. So on the Eagles side, I think you're looking at Hurts. I, I don't I don't see anything else really. And obviously, if the Chiefs win it, no matter what happens, Mahomes will get it. <laughs> so you know he could be on zero legs and he still get it. So <laughs> and that's I've got a I've got a follow up question for Gareth. If uh, by some miracle Miles Sanders wins the MVP, he gets three touchdowns, no yards, <laughs> give him the MVP. Do you keep him or do you let him go? That It's a really hard one because he's going to want Payton. When we've already got Boston Scott, we can get on a relatively cheap deal. We've got Gainwell, we can get on a cheap deal. And we've potentially you could use the 32nd pick to pick up a really good rookie because late first round, early second round is usually where you're going to be picking up really good running backs. So it depends on the numbers. If the numbers are right, and it's Howie Roseman, he'll, he'll find a way to squeeze in the cap somewhere, I'd keep him. Because this year has been a breakout year for him. As I say, 11 TDs, the amount of games he's dominated. I'd love to see him stay. But this is the first year he's shown that he's good enough, really, without, and without being constantly on a medical table. So I'd love to keep him, but it's all about the numbers. And if the numbers aren't right, I'd rather go Gainwell, Boston Scott, and draft a rookie. Sorry for hijacking your show there, Freddie. Um, go Chiefs. More than fine. No, no, more than fine. More than fine. I suppose I should go over to Sky and to Gareth about... I'll go to Sky first. Uh, what do we, the Eagles need to do to win this game against the Chiefs? I think they just... Well, I guess it's an obvious answer. Just do what they've done all season and they will be successful. Defence is elite. Offence can put points up. But I do think... I know I touched upon saying what probably most people hope it's not going to be a blowout loss for the Chiefs if you're neutral... I think Mahomes and Co will put points up, and I actually think the Eagles probably need to score. I don't know if it sounds that right. I think they probably need to score twenty-five points to win. Uh, I, that's what I said they need to do. They haven't needed to obviously be lights out in other games. Yes, they blew the Giants out. They got fortunate. Obviously, Purdy was injured and could manage the game. I think this one could be not to the levels of a Patriots Eagles that high scoring, but you know, could be if Mahomes gets going and they need to you know, keep it as a shootout. I think they need to score at least 25 points. Interesting. And Gareth, gone to you. How, how, what do your Eagles need to do to beat the Chiefs? The defence needs to be locked in. So the coverage needs to be nothing silly, nothing long over the top, um, which we've, we've been quite good at most of the year. Um, I think, to be fair, I saw us that earlier, like the Chiefs are number one on short yardage throws. 
Um, I think, again, trying to limit any run after the catch and trying force Mahomes into third and longs as much as possible in the game. Um, anything like that. And to be fair, if the Eagles go two scores up early, I personally think it's done from the get-go because any game where the Eagles go two scores up early, no one's come back at them all season. Don't get me wrong, some teams have run it back close, but then right at the end, if the Eagles need a drive, they always seem to get that drive to get the, the points on the board. So I think that the Eagles, if they play their game and that defence is locked in to the passing game, it should be a good night for us. Can I get a prediction, score prediction from you, Gareth? Um, <clears throat> 32, 29. 32, 29, the Chiefs. Wow, that's... <laughs> 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 I thought I thought I'd try, try and slip you up there. Sky, what do you, who you got the winner? What's your score prediction? Oh, no. I'm worried. <laughs> do you want me to come to your last? Because you are usually... Uh... I'll buy myself some more time. Oh, OK. I'll let you buy some time. Adam, who's going to win this? What's the scoreline? 27-21, <laughs> Eagles. Fantastic. And Andrew, winner, scoreline? 27-23, Chiefs. I'm going to go... Tw- I'm going to go 28-23. Eagles. And I don't really like saying that, but <laughs> they're just so good everywhere. I, I sat. I have to admit, I've sat. I'll give you some more times, guy, to think about it. I've sat back and listened to all you guys tonight. I've really not really put my two pence in, I suppose. Um, the, I, I, I would like the Chiefs to win this, but I look at the Eagles team and they are just formidable everywhere. They are so solid in all areas, and and really they do deserve to win it. They are the best team in the NFL. They're elite at every position. I completely agree with Adam's earlier point. The acquisitions they did in the offseason were just tremendous. I agree with Gareth, but the Harry Roseman effect is just is just brilliant in, in, in Philadelphia. Um, they are a very, very good team to watch, and they, uh, they certainly bring the fireworks every time. I don't know. I, I think longevity-wise, I'm not sure. I just think they're a bit too old in very key spots and maybe need to start drafting these Air apparent, which they have done, I admit. But for every for every Jordan Davis, there's a Jalen Rager. So you know it might not be a hit every time. Is the thing. Um, the Chiefs, Mahomes. You just can't write off Mahomes. You just can't write him off. He is too good. He's a generational quarterback, and he has shown us year on year that you can't doubt him. And in big games, has performed. But there is definitely a lot of tape on paper. That tape out there. Sorry, that shows. The Chiefs can be really, really pounded on. They can be really beaten against when they come up against teams that are gritty and can get their hands in the mud and go. And the Eagles are this team. Um, it's a much like the Bengals, I thought, would be against the Chiefs, I suppose. But the Bengals just didn't really have it on that day. Um, but I think the Eagles may on this day. If you talk about a team that goes into something amped up and with a hunger to win, all teams do, but the Eagles do it differently, I, I feel anyway. Um, that's enough time I can give you, Sky, to ponder, seems as you are. You are one who avoids these questions. Get off the fence. <laughs> um, I, I, didn't, I didn't avoid it in the title games. I was right on those. I had to make up for the ah, fair, Very fair. I feel, like my, I feel like I'm usually clear and concise, so I'm going to beat around the bush a bit here before I get to where I'm at. 
Um, I think X factor for the Eagles for me is Dallas Goddard. I, I think that the I don't think the secondary if they continue to press um, the receivers of the Eagles, the Chiefs have a good chance. So if he has a big game, then I'd favour more of the Eagles. But I think I've been banging on about Pacheco every week that I've spoke about the Chiefs. <laughs> um, and I just think that, you know, like Andy said, if, it, if we were talking about Belichick, Brady um, and Gronk, you know, I'd be sat here as a Patriots fan saying we're going to win and they have Kelsey Mahomes and Andy Reid. And I think mm. I'm going to say the Chiefs. I'm going to I said 27-20 last week. Maybe that's a bit out of the... Maybe seven points a bit too much because a lot of things I've seen, maybe one point either way. Um, mm. I'll say 24-20 to the Chiefs. 24-20. You watch it now, it won't even hit the 20s. It'll be like 14-17. Money on it. I, I guarantee it. Everyone has that 13 free. Yeah, yeah, that would be a crazy one as well. Um, well, thank you all four of you for coming on this evening. Thank everybody out there for watching us throughout the season. This is the last main show before the Super Bowl. However, we do have our betting show sponsored by 888 Sport coming later on in the week. Lots of betting for the Super Bowl on that to come with uh, a lot of the guys here tonight. Very exciting. That should be on Thursday night, so make sure you catch that. And obviously, that'll be for you to catch up on on YouTube, on Twitter, and all our social media channels before kickoff into Sunday morning. I believe it's half 12, 1 o'clock. I hope you've booked Monday off. I certainly have. Um, make sure you check out our website as well, www.thefranchisetag.co.uk. Lots of fantastic articles on there by some really talented writers. We've got a lot of articles to come. Like I said, we've had some fantastic interviews as well recently with by Gareth, who's been doing a lot of XFL stuff, a lot of really good players on that. Lots of fun to watch. So the, the football doesn't stop after the Super Bowl. We've still got so much more. Where's Derek Carr going to go? He's probably going to get cut in a bit. Is Aaron Rodgers going to ever come back off holiday and be at another team like he does every year? Uh, we've got free agency. We've got the draft. We've got fantasy football. We've got Dynasty League, but we're definitely thinking about starting up. There's so much coming from the Franchise Tag Podcast in the off-season as well as what's happened this season. I will thank people again in our show after the Super Bowl, which will be probably our last main show of uh, this season, I suppose. But thank you all for watching for the most part. Enjoy the Super Bowl from me to you. Make sure you watch it with friends and family in the pub, wherever you are. Have a great time. Have lots of beers. Have lots of food. And we'll see you all again very soon. <laughs>